welcome in to Sports Crunch with D. Crom. I'm your host, David Cromelo, and there are only two weeks left in college football, which means conference championship and bowl game time are on the way, and that also means that NFL scouting departments will likely be watching the final snaps of and assigning the final grades to many, if not most, of the 2018 NFL draft prospects. And in that spirit, we would like to continue our 2018 NFL Draft Preview Series today with a look at this defensive back class. And to help us break down where it stands at the moment, it's a pleasure to welcome to the program for the very first time, Josh Forrest, who is a scout for Tyrant Scouting. What's up, Josh? Hi, how are you doing, David? Thanks for having me on the show. You're very welcome, Josh. Thank you for donating your time and your amazing football mind to our program. And without further ado, let's talk about this safety class. And this is a draft class that is overall lacking in surefire star power, but one of the few such players coming in is versatile Alabama defensive back Mika Fitzpatrick. What makes Mika Fitzpatrick such a special talent, and is he worth the top five overall pick in your view? Yeah, well, you know, when we look at Mika Fitzpatrick, you know, the biggest thing is uh, what he's able to do on the field, and he's uh, able to do a lot. He's a versatile chess piece. One of the things I really uh, enjoy looking at is when he's able to break on the ball and man coverage, his lateral quickness. And really, you know, if you put him at the safety position, you can put him over the top end, and he can come down and run support, and he's not afraid to put a licking on, on a running back. And one of the things I also really respect is his ability to – uh, know where the strike zone is when it comes to laying a lick on a player. And in the NFL and the college football arena nowadays, it's uh, it's becoming more and more apparent that the safety of players is is going to be a priority. So knowing where to punish a receiver or a running back is is utmost important. So that's something that's you know is very very uh, a very good plus sign for uh, Mr. Fitzpatrick. Absolutely. And is he worth the top five overall pick? Because uh, a lot of uh, observers and analysts have said that he compares very favorably to Jamal Adams, who was a top six pick last year. Yeah, absolutely. And what I, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, in the NFL draft, you know, what you have to look at is what do those top five teams need? Do they need a safety or do they need a quarterback? Do they need a receiver or do do they just need a miracle? And, uh, but, um, in all honesty, you know, when you look at Mika Fitzpatrick, the biggest question you have to ask is, can he not only change your secondary, can he change the game? If he can change the outcome of a game for you on a day-to-day or a week-by-week basis, you know, absolutely, I would say, you know, he, he can change, you know, that, that uh, ability to change the game for you. So I would say, yeah, he's a top-five pick. Uh, for any of those teams, because honestly, you know, those defenses aren't really aren't really great. Absolutely. He um, could definitely be uh, a great asset to a team, not just because of his athleticism and skill set, uh, but also because of his uh, football IQ. I hear he is supposed to be a very, very smart player. Importing a lot of that knowledge from Nick Saban uh, has definitely made scouts uh, drool over him. Uh, in addition to all those uh, other qualities. And another safety people were high on coming into this year was Florida State's Derwin James. Although he is still likely to be a first-round pick at this point, many scouts and analysts have said he doesn't look like the same player he was before that injury he suffered last season. Do you think he can regain his pre-injury form? And do you also think there are other factors for the decline in play this year? Yeah, I, and uh, I think uh, 
like I said, you know, I, it's really unfair uh, to. I feel like we put a lot of pressure on on Derwin James in terms of just looking at him as a player. We we knew he was a. We were really excited to see what he could do in the preseason, and whenever something doesn't really go the way that we expect, we we put a lot of factors on them, and you know, as scouts or as just analysts, we tend to overthink. You know what is going on? Yeah, is the injury does injury help? Absolutely not. I think you know there's that needs to be looked at if he does end up going to the NFL Combine. Uh, that physical is going to be very important. Maybe there's something that we don't know about. Uh, maybe it's something that you know say, oh, he's just fine. Maybe it's just a mental thing. But you know, he's definitely one of those type of players that if you put him in the right scheme, he's going to thrive. And what I he hasn't changed in size. <laughs> You know, he has the size, he has the speed, he has the athleticism. And, you know, if I'm a coach, I know one thing, you know, you can't coach those those traits. You can't coach hard work. You can't coach size, weight, and speed. You know, uh, if you if you can teach that guy a scheme with those traits, then you're, you're going to have a, a bonus for your team. So I think he's still a first-round pick, to, in my opinion. I don't think he'll be a top 15 or, you know, a top 10 pick, but he's definitely a guy who can – change the game in the on the uh, back end yeah especially if his athletic measurables at the combine are off the charts as many expect uh, he his stock could get as high as top 10 or top 15 but his play definitely doesn't warrant that at the moment I agree with that and uh, Josh aside from Mika Fitzpatrick and Derwin James which safeties in this class stand out to you the most well yeah I, I want to go a little bit of small school like, that's what I specialize in with hiring and scouting we, we look at uh, small school players from the FCS and below. Uh, one of the players I, I, I'm really excited looking at was uh, Cole Reyes. You know, he really stands out to me as a player. He is he's an old school safety. He'll come down the box and he'll lay the wood. He's not afraid to get his nose dirty. He's very competitive, played, played in a very tough uh, Big Sky conference. So, and he's not, and more importantly, you know, he can surprise people on, on his foot speed on the back end. I don't think he's a consistent player you'd want on that back end, but he's definitely versatile enough to to allow a lot of good things to happen when it comes to taking on the run game or taking on tougher or heavier receivers and tight ends. Yes, and another name uh, from that small school circuit that's been uh, making the rounds, at least on draft Twitter, is Dubuque's Michael Joseph. What are your um, opinions on him? Absolutely. One of the things that we look at when we're scouting smaller schools is, you know, a lot of these kids, they might have a lot of reduction, but they lack the height, weight, you know, speed measurables. Uh, Michael Joseph has, you know, he has that. He has the height, weight, and speed measurables. He's 6'1", 200 plus. He's got that athletic ability you know when I was looking at his junior tape uh actually what really stuck out to me is though these weren't passes that were just you know falling out of the you know falling out of the air he's an aggressive player he makes plays on the ball and you know if you throw his way he'll make you pay for it not by just only picking off he'll take it to the house and in production wise he has the most interceptions at not just the D3 level but entire NCAA we're talking D1 D2 D3 so the production alone warrants a look, but I think he's going to really turn some heads if he gets invited to an all-star game. 
Definitely a name to keep an eye on. And now let's talk about this crop of cornerbacks here. And while there is no consensus top corner at the moment, two corners that have risen up draft boards in recent weeks are Colorado's Isaiah Oliver and Iowa's Josh Johnson. Do you buy the hype on them? And would any of them be the top corner on your board if the draft were held today? Well, yeah, let me tell you, David, I, I, I root for anybody named Josh. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, I am going to be a little biased in that. But, you know, uh, he... You know, you look at the kid. You know, he he he's got the measurables. He's six one, about one eighty. So that's a good, good range for a corner these days. And he's also, you know, you look at the competition he plays. He's playing the Big Ten. This isn't an outlying uh, Division One conference. This is a, this is a Power Five conference. And he's been on a team with Iowa. And that's a, uh, you know, they they had to take a lump their lumps for a couple of seasons, but now they're they're a big name in that conference. And he's a reason. For for that, you know, you look you look at some of his interceptions. He's breaking on the ball, and he's high pointing passes, and he's really uh, extremely aggressive against these receivers. And another thing to reference in terms of Josh Jackson, you know, he he he's actually I would say probably the the uh, successor to uh, a former Iowa corner Desmond King, who a lot of scouts were actually high on last season. I believe he's playing with the San Diego Chargers right now, but. Uh, um, you should, we should all keep an eye on Iowa in terms of maybe being the next DBU. <laughs> yes, and that is the Los Angeles Chargers, but people still say San Diego for good reason because they aren't being received in Los Angeles. So good, good one there, Josh. I will always say San Diego. I will, I will always <laughs> say San Diego. Yeah, yeah I, I, I love my Rams there. <laughs> Can't, I can't fault you. Plus, uh, I think they have to move back to San Diego, if not to a market like St. Louis. Uh, yes, um, I understand people in L.A. are happy to have the Rams back, but St. Louis still deserves another team. Uh, but that's for another show. Uh, what about Isaiah <laughs> Oliver? Um, uh, what uh, Do you believe all the hype on Isaiah Oliver? Yeah, I, Isaiah Oliver, again, you know, he, he has the fortune of uh, coming right behind um, <clears throat> Cheeto Bayawuzi. And a side note, actually... When I was at Waldorf College, I actually played with his brother, Duba Mawuzi, who is also oh. a very elite corner. Uh, but in terms of that, you know, uh, Cheeto was, he really paved the way for the Col- Colorado, you know, to get that extra look in the Pac-12. And I believe when I look at Isaiah Oliver, you know, one of the most important things is, you know, what is he going to do when, he, when he's down? You know, when I was actually watching the USC game and uh, he really, what really impressed me is that he did remain competitive. He really still, you know, he laid down his side of the field. And what I really want to see more is what his uh, lateral quickness looks like and what his explosion looks like. I don't want him, you know, if he does end up getting an invite anywhere or if he does get invited to the combine, I want to see him break under a four forward. I also want to see him, how tough he is against bigger receivers. Um, There's not a lot of uh, 6'8", you know, 6'4", 6'2", 220 guys playing in the Pac-12 on, out on the boundary. So I really do want to see how he handles guys of that size. But I think Isaiah Oliver, you know, he wanted to look. To me, I think he's a – I think he tops out as a third-round pick. He might fall to the fourth, depending on how well he tests. But – I believe that, you know, he, he deserves everything that's coming to him. He's very, he's worked very hard to get in this position. Uh, very interesting information there. Thanks for the um, biographical information there as well, Josh. And uh, uh, like I alluded to, though, there is no 
consensus number one overall corner at the moment, but who would be the top corner on your board if the draft were held today? Well, yeah, you just put all the chips out there, huh? Okay. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, for me, uh, <clears throat> in all honesty, I would I would love to take uh, – I would go with Minka Fitzpatrick right now in terms of just what I've seen from him. I would honestly just put him at corner. If I, I would take Minka and I would just say, hey, you're going to play corner. Because uh, he reminds me a lot of – I would say we could go with Jalen Ramsey in terms – he played a lot of uh, – he was a jack-of-all-trades type player at Florida State. Um, he goes to Jacksonville, gets drafted there, and they decide, hey, you're not going to play safety, you're not going to play nickel, you're going to play corner, and no one's going to throw to your side of the field. Two seasons later, we're talking about him being the best corner in the game. You know, probably second to Eric Peters. Um, it, it, I think Minka could actually – if I, if I'm if I'm picking, you know I, I see Tavares McFadden being and Dunes Award being you know close second and third, but Tavares McFadden at times, you know he'll he'll get caught looking in the backfield and then Dunes Award, uh, I'm not really high on the five ten guy. He's got a lot of he's got good quickness and good speed, but he's a nickel guy to me. And Minka Fitzpatrick, I'd be very comfortable putting him on the boundary and having offensive coordinators. Have a, have nightmares about him taking a, a ball to the house. Yeah, and then it's that positional versatility that makes Mika Fitzpatrick one of the surefire stars in the making in this year's draft class. And uh, so that uh, observation is uh, justified. And also that Jalen Ramsey comparison um, uh, makes me even more excited about Mika Fitzpatrick, given the outstanding abilities that Ramsey is already showing, now leading the best pass defense in the National Football League in the Jacksonville Jaguars. But uh, what makes this 2018 draft class uh, not as good as the others that we've seen in recent years is... uh, the lack of overall depth, especially in the middle rounds. And it was noted by Matt Miller of Bleacher Report in his uh, most recent column that the overall depth at the cornerback position is, quote, way down compared to last year. Do you share that view? Yeah, ab- absolutely. And it just goes to a lot of just just reasons. There's no real specific reason why it's, it's a weaker class. It, you know, sometimes the seniors coming out, aren't as talented or the kids that you do like are freshmen or sophomores. And, you know, I think is it's probably the best class to be a defensive back. If you're a, a FCS or below player, because of this, you have the opportunity to showcase your skills. Uh, you know, you, you can see, I would say, you know, just a plug in name, Malcolm Washington. He was actually a, a corner at Fresno state for a while, uh, decided to move uh, transfer to northern iowa uh, to get closer to his family and he is uh he's playing on the back end with another kid elijah campbell who played in northern illinois and both of them are putting up excellent numbers at cornerback and safety respectively and they have the size and the production to warrant looks and that's something that we're going to start seeing i believe uh it's going to start trending in about two three maybe even four years a lot of smaller school players are going to get that second look or they're going to, you're going to, Hey, wait a minute. Not only does this kid have a thousand yards of rushing, but this kid is, you know, he's six one two ten. or not only does this kid have eight picks last year and, uh, you know, 109 tackles, but you know, he has six foot, he's two five and he has great lateral quickness and he can break on the ball. Uh, you know, it's, 
the talent is beginning to trickle down. Not everyone's going to get an FBS scholarship and not everyone's going to get an FCS scholarship. We're going to, you know, scouts are going to have to do a lot more homework, uh, a lot more road trips and drink a lot more coffee to look at all the tape and all the talent that we have on the field uh, upcoming in the uh, NFL. Oh, oh, absolutely. And especially this year with the draft class uh, shallow on depth compared to recent years, uh, those uh, small school players that you scout could be very important in helping to fill in the remaining gaps in this year's uh, draft class. They, it'll be a big help if teams uh, search out the players that you scout at the Division Two or Division Three uh, level. And uh, also, Josh, are there any defensive backs flying under the radar right now that have the potential to send their stock absolutely skyrocketing, like even into the first round with a good Shrine game, Senior Bowl, or Combine? Wow, first round. Well, yeah, first round, okay. Yeah, um, you know, like I said, I, I love all these small school guys. I played at a small school. So I would really have to say the best person right now who would probably have, you know, the, the biggest opportunity for that would have to be Cole Reyes in terms of that because he's already on the radar. He's going to probably get an invite somewhere. He's probably going to – he hopefully he gets a combine invite. But he has the ability – or he already has the size and he already has the, the ability to make plays. And what I want to see from him is his lateral quickness, his explosiveness, and how good is his straight line speed – I want to see him run a good 40. I want to see him have a good three cone, have a good, uh, how well he covers. You know, I don't want him turning into another Mark Barron or Dayon Buchanan. I want him, you know, you know, maybe be a next cam chancellor in terms of being an enforcer on that back end. That's what he needs to prove in order to be potentially a first round pick right now. Someone says, there are a couple of people that say he he could be from a, a three to all the way to a six. I think if, he grades well or he tests well, he could easily jump his stock in terms of des- in terms of players needing desperation at that corner or sorry, at that strong safety position. Now yeah. at the sorry, go ahead. Yes, and are there any other players, any other defensive backs that uh could set their stock skyrocket, not necessarily in the first round, but just maybe like day two from like a, a uh, like a low day three grade to an early day two grade or anything like that with a good uh, shrine game senior bowler combine? Absolutely. I would say the the two guys I would say look out for would be the first one is Max Redfield. He was all, uh, he plays at Indiana in Pennsylvania and he is a D2 kid who actually was playing at Notre Dame and was actually graded as a third round pick before he got into trouble. And, you know, while his tape isn't as impressive as it was at Notre Dame, he's got the size, he's got the height, weight, speed frame. And if he tests well, he can end up getting a, onto an NFL roster. And lastly, I would say, you know, look out for cornerback Teron Johnson from Weber State. A lot of people, you know, you see him, he's a, he's a six-foot, 190 kid, boundary corner. Uh, if you have a chance, I would say look at the tape from Cal Berkeley. Weber played them incredibly competitive. And honestly, if you look at, if you look at the game more than once, you might say that Weber should have won that game. But when Teron was on the field – and he was on the field every single play except for one because he was injured on, on one play. He was one of the reasons that they were in the game because they, they couldn't throw to his side. 
Josh, you definitely know your stuff, man. It's incredible. And I definitely can't wait to check out those D2 and D3 prospects you mentioned. And you could also follow Josh on Twitter at JPF Scouting. And you could uh, follow his work at tyrantscouting.com. And Josh, we thank you so much once again for donating your time and your talents to our show today. But before we go, we're going to play a game called Buy or Sell. And in this game, I'm going to say the name of a defensive back prospect that we haven't talked about yet. And you tell us whether you buy or sell their draft stock. Starting with Jair Alexander from Louisville. Buy or sell? And why do you buy Jair Alexander? Jair Alexander, what I, you know, what I like, I look at him at Louisville. I think he got nicked up a little bit. But uh, in terms of that injury, I don't think it was uh, very severe. And, you know, when I, when I see him, I think he, he's more of a, uh, he's kind of, he's going to end up in an Eddie Jackson kind of situation where people are going to look at him and say, oh, well, he injured his leg and well, he's going to drop. You know, I think he's still a top player. I don't think this injury is, uh, is that severe where he's going to end up in a position where he won't be able to be a, a, a plug and play guy. And so I, I like him a lot, and I, I think he's going to wow some people if he does drop it. I would be surprised if he falls out of the second round. If he does, uh, a team's going to get a steal. Yeah, uh, people have been comparing Jair Alexander to uh, Chris Harris Jr., the criminally underrated cornerback on the Denver Broncos, who's been all first-team All-Pro the past couple years. And uh, if he could turn into that type of player, look out. Carlton Davis, buy or sell? Carlton Davis, yeah, I would. Oof. Uh, I'm I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to sell just a little bit. Um, haven't I, have, I haven't done all my homework on him yet? But what I've seen is it hasn't impressed me to the point where he could come up to you know be when you, when you're drafting a player you're drafting him to be you know either uh, a contribute a tr- immediate contributor on special teams or an immediate starter or just helping your team out. And, you know, if we're talking about, uh, if we're talking about him in terms of how quickly he can come and help out a team, I think he's a developmental guy. So uh, when I say sell, I, I mean, you know, he, he's, he's five, he's fourth, five or six round, maybe even seventh round to me. Quentin Meeks, buy or sell? <sighs> Man, give me, give me all the homework on huh? All right, Quentin Meeks. I, I'll, I'll go with them. I, I like Quentin. Uh, I would I would say buy him. Uh, why and, would you uh, buy him? Well, <laughs> well, I would buy Quentin just because one. Well, one. I'm I'm a big Stanford Cardinal fan. <laughs> I'm I'm, real, I'm gonna go with that bias again. But uh, what I've seen from him is that he's he's a good competitor in that Pac-12, and he he's very aggressive against not only in the passing game. But he'll stick his nose in the run again. He'll set the edge. He's a, he's a quiet competitor. And one of the things that really helps him is that he actually has a bit of a bloodline in terms of uh, the NFL. His, uh, <clears throat> he's the son of the, the former, I think he was, a, I want to say San Diego again, but I would say the former, former Chargers coach, Ron Meeks. So, uh, you know, he, he has NFL bloodlines, and I think that's really going to help him. But I, I would take a shot for him. I would definitely yeah. buy him. 
Um, I'm sure you know a couple years ago, Kevin White was a a trendy uh, wide receiver prospect, but unfortunately his career has fallen far short of expectations. But he has a younger brother at West Virginia named Kazir White, whose name is entering the draft conversation. Do you buy or sell on Kazir White? Oh, Kazir. Yeah, I I, I buy him. I I would say, you know, what, you know, if I... uh, one of the biggest things for scouts is not only analyzing a play, or you know evaluating a player talent wise, but trying to find out where their head at head is at you know mentally. Uh, when I looked at Kazir, I had the play you know Big Twelve defenses aren't the most uh, touted or highly praised, but you know I, I look at Kazir from West Virginia and I think he has the tools to be a, a solid player in the NFL. I don't think he's a I don't think he's a second round pick. He might test as a second round pick, but I think there's some room for him to grow as a player. I would say, you know, grab him in the third round and then find out where you want to put him. Do you want him to, you know, stay at 215 and play on the play over at the top? Or do you want maybe add him add 20 pounds, put him in a day on Buchanan role as a, you know, as your money backer or, you know, it, it's up to really the coaches and the scouts to find out what you want to do with him. He, he's essentially a, a piece of athletic clay. You can really mold him into any kind of chess piece you want. Chase Hansen of Utah, buy or sell? Chase Hansen is a little interesting to me. Uh, I, I had a chance to kind of take a look at him, and I really wasn't impressed in terms of how, how well he could break on the ball I would say I I really don't think he he if he leaves I would be kind of a, kind of upset because um, he's he's a 2019 prospect correct? Um, sorry, he's uh, a he's sorry, a, tw- he's I, a I think he's eligible this year. One uh, person I spoke to thinks he's draft eligible this year. Yeah, and honestly, you know, I really hope he stays. Yeah, he he's got he 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 looks at I look at him. He you know he's got the height weight speed thing, sixty two twenty whatever, and what I, I I hope he I I would say is I hope he stays. If he leaves, I'm not taking him because he's got a lot of room to grow, and I think it can help him. And plus, I think he has he's suffering from an injury or some of some sort, and I I would definitely wait on him. I I wouldn't buy him. Last but not least, Penn State's Marcus Allen, and that is not the Hall of Fame running back, of course. Buy or sell? Oh, I would I would I would have bought him if that was that was him. But yeah, I like Marcus. <laughs> I like Marcus Allen. Actually, um, I would, I would, I would buy him again. That goes back to what I said previously about Josh Jackson. He's playing in that Big Ten conference, so I know that the level of competition is tough that he's going up against. But what I want to see from him is, uh, <clears throat> will he be able to come? How quickly he'll be able to come in and learn the scheme? Uh, but yeah, I would definitely take a shot on him. He he would be a, a I would say he would definitely be a second to third round pick for me uh, if he if he came in or he came if he's in the draft. Thank you very much once again, Josh. We look forward to having you on again very soon as this draft process uh, runs its course, and it's going to be a very interesting ride these next couple months. So we look forward to hearing what you have to say. Oh, no problem. Thank you, and uh, frankly, I can't wait. Draft day is like Christmas for me. So thank you guys for having me again. 
It absolutely is. You're very welcome, Josh. And that's all for today here on Sports Crunch with Decron. But we plan to be back with more 2018 NFL Draft previews in the weeks ahead, so stay tuned. Also, be sure to check out the episode archive as well as an up-to-date blog of mine at sportscrunch.com. And remember, that is Crunch with a K. For Josh Forrest, our producer Chris Broadhead, man in the box, I'm David Cromwell saying so long, and of course, stay awesome.